0: Ask the Podcast Coach for January 18th, 2020.
1: Let's get ready to podcast.
0: There it is. It's that music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your questions answered live. If you want to join us, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. If you want to join the call, come right into the video. Just simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And speaking of joining... Right over there, out there in the snow in Nebraska, the one and only Jim Cullison from the
1: TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy uh, Saturday morning from a very frigid Bellevue, Nebraska this morning. We, we, we have a lot of snow on the ground. It's going to be single-degree z- single, uh, single degree temps, whatever we call that, right? Yeah. Single-digit temps. There we go. So uh, thanks. It's it's always warm at Ask the Podcast Coach.
0: That's it. It's always sunny <laughs> at AskThePodcastCoach.com. Well, speaking of sunny... Probably the best, we, we all occasionally say that, you know, you're going to get a, a one-star review, and he said looking at his notes, because I called it One Star General, was the, the name of my little thing. I just had it. Here we go. Um, what this person does, I, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to see this, because I think you have to be in this Facebook group. Let me do this, and then I will share my screen. Uh, somebody gave them a one-star review. That said, doing the work of the adversary, and apparently it's a LGBTQ show. And what they did, he said, sharing his screen is they took that and turned it into a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like they actually you see the one star review, then the quote in quotation marks. The only thing I would want to do is put their address. <laughs> like you need your you need your logo or something. But I was just like that is the best that is ever. A
1: uh, it's, a, it's a great way to handle a one-star, yeah. I think. Yeah. Just just make it a badge of courage or a badge of honor. That's it. And you know, like, hey, thanks for even caring enough. Because you can't get your – sometimes you have trouble getting your most engaged listeners to even give you anything. Right. So, you know, if they uh, – use it a little bit as a, of, of, of a of a badge of honor. That's pretty cool. It's a good way to do it. I like it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I've just – I've seen a lot of things that I just heard um, –
1: the adversary.
0: Yeah. Sarah, Mike And I can never remember Sarah's podcast. I listened to it. Uh, just found out that she's an American living in the UK. Cause well, she likes it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's kind of different. And she was talking about how, uh, she got a one-star review and, uh, it kind of messed with her head. And then she had Rob Walsh on her show. And he said kind of what you said, you, you inspired somebody to take action. Now, granted, it's action that you don't want, but you you still hit a nerve. And if you don't get any kind of reaction, whether because you, you want either wow that was great or wow that was really awful, because it's when you're in the middle where you're not you're not hitting any nerves. You got to hit some sort of nerve. Or, you're
1: like hello, hello, is this thing on? Yeah, hello? exactly. <laughs> hello, what's the worst you've ever gotten, Dave? Like if you think about the worst. Oh. Um, feedback you ever got what, what, what was a
0: uh, one-star review for the school of podcasting um a bad show no a bad advertisement for a bad product that mm-hmm. was it that was the review and of course i i have it memorized you know <laughs> now can yeah. you tell me what's my best review i have no idea but the one stars are the ones that stick in our head and uh you know it's funny but that was one i was and what was interesting i did have one guy that left me a bad review but kept listening that I thought was interesting and then later changed it, which I thought I didn't realize you could edit your review or whatever, but he somehow like updated I remember he emailed me and said, Hey, I wrote you this bad review. I've changed it because I listened to like another three episodes and I kind of get it now. But my first impression was like, you're just a goof. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, the people have those kinds of responses yeah. and I think you have to give the benefit of the doubt you kind of take it like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And it does. You know what? Sometimes that negative feedback can can and should drive you to better performance, right? It's just one yeah. of those things. Sometimes it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, oh, okay. I know that sucks. Don't, you know, you got to do your best to kind of take it or not take it personally and, you know, and, and, and learn from it. And yeah. that's the hard part. It is really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah.
0: The one and only Jim Harold from podlords.com. Love that show, by the way. Yeah. Sometimes show. a one-star review or an attempt by someone who considers themselves a competitor. Yep. To sabotage mm-hmm. you yep. that, or I'm just telling myself, <laughs> 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 no, I've, oh, uh, true story. I've actually stopped myself. I remember once I was listening to a show and I just was like, Oh, this is horrible advice. And I, I ran to, I, again, I was inspired and I started to leave this and I went, you know, I wouldn't want somebody to do this to me if I really have neg I'm like, and I emailed the person instead because I thought that's what people are going to do. They're going to go like, oh, you wrote that because, you know, you're in the same podcasting thing. And I was like, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, the old do unto others kind of thing. Uh, so um, Gary says in the chat room, Whitney Johnson reads recent reviews at the beginning of her, dis- of her Disrupt Yourself podcast. And I'm thinking um, – Doing that can help inspire listeners to go and leave a review. It can. My thought is about this. On one hand, I love that you're engaging your audience. Um, I like it because typically reviews are not that entertaining. So my question is, are they valuable? Like, is it is it good content to go? Hey, this week on Ask the Podcast Coach, you know, Jim Mom Thirty Nine said Dave and Jim are great, and I, you know, they're my blah 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 blah, and I'm like. Does that really help? That's my only thing is that's, it's, uh, what are your thoughts, Jim? And, and what's your worst, uh, review you've ever had?
1: Throw Jason's, uh, Jason Bryant in the chat room. Throw that up there. It says he had a two star review this week that actually opened my eyes to get back to what I'm good at.
0: Ah. And,
1: and I think that's really where they're, where they're helpful, right? I mean, sometimes you're just mean, you mm-hmm. know, and, and people just, someone else in the chat room said, you know, some people just have to, to, you know, cut each other, cut somebody else down to make themselves feel good. And that's what my mom always told me when I was, you know, growing up that they just, you know, you just have to be, just ignore it kind of thing. Um Worst review I've ever gotten. And I, uh this sounds bad. I mean, I haven't gotten a ton, but um the, the, the one we, we did a show I mentioned here before, but we did a show, we did a celebration show and we hit a hundred and we asked for feedback from, from everybody who listened to congratulate the host and whatever, and the uh the reviewer went on and said uh congratulations on show 100 it was uh, that's an hour of my life i'll never get back <laughs> Uh, and there was there was a term that I'll never forget, congratulatory backslapping. That was what that <laughs> like we, <laughs> you know, we basically had just congratulated ourselves on that thing. And uh, yeah, it was a great show. And it was in, in those days, 100 was a big deal. I don't think we would have made such a big deal about it now, right. but it was a big deal back then. So, yeah, you know, you kind of like you think about that. You're like, well, OK, yeah, we probably did go a little over the top on the congratulatory work, you know. Oh, so, uh, you know, anyways, I think it causes, it just should be for good reflection. Like, do I need to change? Is it something that's important? If it's somebody being mean, just use it as fuel to continue to drive you to excellence. Like remember a little chip on your shoulder. Just remember that kind of, you know, that like, Oh, I'm going to be better than that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dan in the chat room, unfortunately, some people feel the only way they can make themselves feels better by putting others down. And that is especially true online. And then, uh, Death Investigation Academy. Look at that. Um oh my god, I can see his face. I can't remember his name. It's um mm-hmm. it's got black hair and glasses. He was with me at social media marketing world. I've got the corner talk podcast in my closet. Darren Dake, thank you. Um is uh there. I have three stars who say they can stand my can't stand uh, they can stand my voice. Or my improper use of tents, but I have 104 plus stars. Yeah, and Darren is uh, – the last time I checked, um, Darren, as you can see, Death Investigation Academy, this guy started off with a podcast. And if I remember right, Darren, correct me if I'm wrong, Darren found out that, like, you have to get certified as a coroner every year, and not every state offers the certification. (laughs) Which is so governmental. I was like, so Darren then got certified to certified people and is, uh, last time I checked, making a killing. Um, and it all started from a podcast. And then that podcast led him to get speaking gigs, which again positioned him as an expert. Um, yeah, Darren's one of my favorite stories because he does the Corner Talk podcast. It's not like weight loss or, you know, corners on fire or, you know, whatever. It's, uh, I love it. So.
1: I just, I just thought of another good one. I got on YouTube one time Uh, where the guy was like, Oh great. Another, it's like another video with two white guys or something like that. You know, one of those, you know, like all we need is another two talking white guy podcast and you kind of like, hey, wait a minute, you know, but you know, it's, they get, they get, especially on YouTube. Like let's not even, let's talk about the reviews outside because it's hard to submit a podcast review not hard to make comments on YouTube. And so uh, that YouTube, if you are moving your stuff over to YouTube for whatever reason, that can be a super brutal environment. I I actually, mm, censors may be too strong of a word. I approve every comment on everything I do just because I think sometimes that those comments lead to other unhelpful comments that it, then it just becomes a comment fest. People just feel like they have permission to do that. So yeah. we've always highly, curated our our um communities and and all the and all the stuff i've done with the guys and ladies in our community we've always highly 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 curated them and and i think that just keeps the keeps it positive I like keep, you know there's you know there's no reason to be negative and both somebody-
0: on youtube and on my channel i keep seeing or on uh my website on occasion i will get people who just put links to their podcast like, not like, hey, yeah. here's yeah, – I yeah. talked about this. on. It's just like, boom, here's a link. And I'm like, hey, and you're gone. It's like
1: mm. – so yeah, um, Daniel got the right word. It's moderate is the word I was looking for. I couldn't quite it's, – it's still early, and the coffee hasn't completely settled in yet, <laughs> so be patient with us. <laughs> uh,
0: another chat room here says, I never really got into reading reviews as a former pro athlete and now entertainer. I learned you really got to take reviews with a grain of salt. And that's – Jim has a great point, especially for – uh, you know, if you think about pro athletes, on one hand, don't let the over-the-top positives go to your head. True, you have to stay humble. So you're never as good as your best review, and you're never as worse or as bad as your your worst review. So that's uh, it's they're 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 interesting. It's it really is kind of a uh, a mental game that you have to play with yourself because uh, you know. And um, like Darren said, what if they don't like your voice? What are you going to do?
1: It's like somewhere else. Yeah. It's like,
0: well, that person is not my target audience. So that's
1: always, uh, that's always kind of tricky. It's hard. Sometimes you mentioned this just a second ago. Sometimes listeners won't leave. (laughs) Like they'll, they'll be like, Hey, I want you to change. Like, and then you're like, well, I'm not gonna. And they're like, yeah, but then I'm going to tell you to change for the next three months. And they're like, really? You hung on (laughs) that long? Like, really? Um, it's just crazy what people won't go, you know, you think the market, you know, you're like, well, I'll just do my thing and the market will work things out. And people will come and go. Right. No, there are people who will just unrealistically stay around and you're just like, well, and, and, and be critical and be very critical sometimes. And you can't, you can't fire somebody from your podcast. You know, you, you, you can't, you know, politely. I have, I don't know if you sent emails like out, out like this, but, I have had several listeners who, especially early on, I haven't had one of these in a long time, but early on would would be very, very critical. We'd go back and forth on some things. And then I'd just say, you know, there's other things. There's other places to go. There's other podcasters. You don't, you know, you don't have to listen to me. And you kind of sometimes you just got to kind of say it again. I haven't had to do that in a long time, but but maybe four or five years ago, you know, I had a couple that were just like, and when I say couple, I really mean two. Um, you know, you just kind of say, hey, maybe it's time that we part ways. Yeah. <laughs> if they're being if they're being that, I think if they're being that critical of you. The hard part is is there's no it's never been easier to be openly critical of you in public. And yeah. I just I'm I'm a firm believer is that you know you criticize in private and you you recognize in public. But that's not today that is not no. that is not the culture. No, we blast away. That's I mean right. we just go on Facebook or YouTube or whatever and just blast away without really even giving the person an opportunity to have that conversation privately. And it's just unprofessional. It's childish and unprofessional. (laughs) Daniel says, it's not me,
0: it's you. Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. Exactly.
0: Uh, It's My favorite is I had a grammar Nazi that, that would just go off every time I had a typo. And I, I was just like – Don't do that. Just please, – please don't do that. You know, And I, I told him. I said, well, you're free to not listen. And he would say – like we went back and forth. And he's like, that's it. I'm not listening to another thing. And he showed up on my YouTube channel like six months later. I'm like, oh, I've missed you. And he did not like the fact that I was being sarcastic. And, uh, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? And I was like, you know, you feel free to not watch me here either. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's cause some people are just not your target audience. And that's the part I think that we all struggle with. Cause we want everybody to like us.
1: And well, I think if you do get that criticism in private, you got to take yeah. it very seriously. That's one of those where somebody's coming back and saying, Hey, I don't like this. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I've gotten kind of two or three kind of comments about the cigar oh, yeah. stuff I've been talking about. And in it, That all came in privately, right? And it was like, okay, I need to, I I really need to consider this. These are longtime listeners. I doesn't mean they're telling me I have to stop, but maybe I need to shift the way I talk about it or do it in a different segment or whatever. And that is important. So if you are getting feedback, I, I think you have to separate the two, right? If you're getting it publicly or privately. If you're getting it privately, I think I would dig in and yeah. ask them. And they may be longtime listeners. doesn't well, still make it right, right? But I think it's worth more investigation if they send it private.
0: And the other thing you have to keep in mind is they might be giving you feedback to do something that would steer the show in a direction that you don't want to go. Yeah. And that's yeah. where you have to kind of go, mm, I appreciate your feedback. Right. But we're not going to add a fashion segment <laughs> to ask the podcast coach.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw yeah, what <laughs> all feedback is right, right? Not all feedback is right. That's the thing I think sometimes listeners think because they're giving it, they're right. And you kind of go, no, it's not not all feedback is right. And and so that's you got to kind of you got to kind of weigh that.
0: Yeah. And and speaking of fashion, Jason says in the chat room, did I get a haircut yet? <laughs> no, I did. And and I'm in the stage where it's whether or not my hair looks good is either kind of lucky. Jason and I had the weirdest experience um because like yesterday, it looked pretty good. Today, not so much. That's because I had a hat on this morning. Um, I was uh, flying... I was in Boston uh, last weekend, which went really great. It's interesting talking to a bunch of professional speakers, because it's kind of like writing a letter to Grammar Girl. You're kind of like the whole time going, oh, they're probably picking me apart. But it really couldn't have gone a whole lot better. But to come home and not either take the red eye or get up before the, the crows are, are peeing, uh, I was like, I I had to go to LaGuardia. So I went to Boston, to New York, New York to Cleveland, and I'm in the New York airport, and I'm listening to podcasts, walking along, and I got my podcast movement T-shirt on, and all of a sudden I hear, Dave! And I look up, and it's none other than Jason Bryant in... Uh, nice. Yeah, so got nice to, got to hang out. But it was funny, because again, I'm... I'm not really caring too much about how I look. I'm on a plane. I just probably yeah. got drool from the first flight, you know. <laughs> and Jason and I took a picture, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need a haircut!"
1: So, hey, speaking of Boston, big thanks to Ed Sullivan who took care of you out there uh, in Boston as well. Ed's becoming a friend of mine, listener yeah. to, to both of these shows. He or I should say, this show. Yeah. And he listens to my Home Gadget Geeks, and uh, and it was fun to hear you connect. I think you talked. Did you talk about that in school podcasting? Yeah, is that where I heard that? Fun to hear you connect with the listeners. While you were in Boston, you were speaking with there, and I think you, you connected with a couple of listeners while you were there.
0: It's always fun. I'm going to San Francisco in February, and I've already got somebody said that said they're going to drive like an hour and a half. Nice. And that's like, that's humbling.
1: I drive an hour and a half to see you, Dave. I yeah. will not drive 10, That's or 12, I think that's <laughs> what it is for me to see you now, but... Yeah, hour and a half is great. It's it's a great opportunity. Yeah. I think those those um, when you're traveling, those are great opportunities. So wait a minute, you ran into Jason Bryant just on accident in the airport? On accident,
0: yeah. Wow. Like, we're just walking along, and I'm going to C16, and I don't know if he was coming off a plane or what, but all this, I mean, literally total. If you think about the chances of that happening, oh yeah, yeah. And <clears> uh, and wow. I would, I get bored at airports, so a lot of times I would just walk around until it comes time to board the plane. Number one, because I'm not getting any exercise on a day when I'm flying that's that's because mm-hmm. when I get home I unpack and I'm dead and I'm like so might as well walk around and so I was just walking around trying to figure out where my because um, I'd, I'd actually just gotten off a plane had you know walked across to uh see where my gate was so I knew where it was so I could go walk around some more in that whole nine yards and just happened to bump into him so very weird
1: that's super cool yeah that's super cool um throw Felix's comment up in the yeah in there um he says i got a review stating i can't stand your voice i hate your arrogance i stopped listening but some months ago gone by some months have gone by and i missed your content and so i'm back still think you're arrogant
0: <laughs> you know there are people that will listen oh, to you I, uh, because they don't like you i know that sounds weird i used to listen to a podcast and i would tune in to see if the guy was still an idiot i'm like let's see if he's yep there's that bad advice that I love and I'm screaming at my dashboard in my car. And I'm like, no, it doesn't ratings and reviews do not help you be found. I'm screaming at the dashboard, but I would tune in about every other week and go, let's see what he's not right about today. Yep. That's, that's wrong. You know? So, uh, yeah, Jason said, I was just getting off a plane, heading to another on a tight connection. Uh, would have missed Dave if he wasn't wearing a shirt that said podcast on it. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I always have, um, I got to get some new shirts made as I'm getting ready to roll out the the new logo for the school of podcasting. But I usually like on the way there, I had a a school of podcasting t-shirt on that's you anytime I'm going to be in a big crowd. So if I'm going to a concert or the airport or something like that, I want to have some sort of self-promotion going on. So if somebody goes, do you do a thing? And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, hopefully be a, a, some sort of conversation starter. So um, Jim in the chat room says sometimes reviews can be helpful, I got some negative feedback on loud breasts on my paranormal show, and it was something I was doing in post and leveling. Made me realize it uh, and fix. Here is – oh, by the way, speaking of Jim Harold and feedback, Jim, feel free to ask anybody you want about – I've I've made Jim very self-conscious because I noticed that in like the first six episode, he'd ask people, do you think the big guys are going to squeeze the little guys? And I just, I, we mentioned that. I think that here, and now every time Jim brings it up, he's like, I know Dave, I'm like, dude, you be, you ask that question. I want to hear it too. So don't it's just be you. Uh, and crap. A minute, and it, isn't a,
1: doesn't a paranormal show supposed to have heavy breathing. Isn't <laughs> that what that's like?
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I can now say I officially do not endorse all phonic multi-track. Mm. I've used it about five times, and every time I do, it makes the breaths loud. Like I'm I'm doing an interview with uh, the the people behind Glow. Oh dot fm dot io. It's this cool thing that lets you take payments from your podcast. And for whatever reason, I need to go back and listen to the original. But man, it just pumped up her breaths, and she sounds like Darth Vader. Yeah, and I'm going yeah. through. And just um, – this is where keyboard shortcuts become your friend because I highlight the breath and just Alt-P-V, which is Alt-P is process in Sony SoundForge, V is volume, enter. So it's just highlight, Alt-P-V, enter. Alt-P, it's just – it's not hard. And, I mean, I was going to listen to the whole thing anyway because I'm, I'm cutting out the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I was just like, ah, uh, so – Well, that, um,
1: it did that to me on this show for a while where Auphonic was – was um, you know raising my breath on this, yeah. and I listened to it, and you could just hear every. I mean, it, that's what it sounded like when it got here. It was kind of a you know just a normal breath, but Alphonic was was pushing that up.
0: Yeah, I find that a lot with even the regular Alphonic. It occasionally mm-hmm. it it mm-hmm. has a a hard time. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of a bummer because then I ran it through RX seven, thinking I could then de breath it because the breath was so obvious. And I couldn't get it to quite trigger on. I just went, eh, you know what? I'll just, uh, I'll do it manually. You know, what, what are you going to do? Because it was pretty, it was one of those things where I'm like, am I listening through the ears of a podcaster? And I'm like, no, that's a really, this is Darth Vader kind of stuff. So I had to, to chop it out.
1: Um, I've, I've liked the web version of Auphonic, I think, because of that, and it's just been easier for me just to use the web version. I know we've we've gone back and forth. Should I buy the desktop? I use it so much. It's yeah. probably I've probably paid for the desktop version three times in the in the years I've paid for Afonic. But I think the web does get a little bit better service from them, and they can I think they can update it more frequently. Mm-hmm. So subscriptions are sad. I think I pay 11 bucks a month for whatever number of hours. I never hit, I never hit it. Maybe it's 10 hours, something like that. I never hit it on aphonic, but that's, yeah. that's, that's been my experience.
0: Daniel says, yeah, the alphonic multi-track desktop app. I should say that. That's what I'm using. Needs some work and the devs know it. Yeah. It's, it's just something I was, I was like, Hey, I've got this thing. I've got both sides of the conversation. And, uh, I had already done a fair amount of kind of cleaning it up because unfortunately, originally she was in uh, like a fishbowl. She was in this glass enclosure and she, her office, that's why she was in this weird room. She was in this office and they were redoing the whole thing. So she had tried to get away from all the hammering and stuff like that. And I go, do you, do you have a microphone? Cause she was using the built-in microphone on her her laptop. And she goes, no, I said, you, you sound really like, this is like, we might need to reschedule kind of thing. And so then she went into this little, tiny room which was much better but it had like a resonant frequency it was Mm -hmm. like "Mm, mm," and every now so i'm going through with my eq trying to find it it's you'll hear it it's it's i it's listenable but it was not the best audio i've ever played with um what else is going on here in the uh chat room i need to reposition my mic because later shows you hear me breathe louder than a strong wind but i listened to one of my older shows and it wasn't there could be or you're I I always laugh I can tell when I'm sick. Cause it just you don't think you sound that clogged up until you hear yourself not clogged up and then you listen to an episode what little school podcast like yeah, that was so <laughs> um it says I want a t shirt that says last week I had no idea what a podcast was. This week I launched my how to podcast. Qu-.
1: Nice. That is there's a, there's a few of those out there, right?
0: Yeah. Um Here's a question. Uh, I I affectionately refer to this as me, me and more me. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was from Crystal McAllister out in a Facebook group. She says, any advice on how to keep a conversation going without talking about yourself? I'm sure this seems like a crazy question. My personality is such that I inject personal experiences to relate to my guest. Now I'm worried that I shouldn't be shifting the conversation away from my topic or my guest. So Jim, what
1: say you? I think um, we we run a fine line. There's a balance in between talking too much with a guest and not maybe talking enough, right? The conversation you have with a guest oftentimes draws out really good information from them. And so, you know, to ask a one-sentence question, get out of the way and let them talk for, you know, 10 minutes and then another question, I'm not sure that's good conversation. That's just not normal. So, but, but then on the other hand, consuming half of your podcast with you and unless that's what you want, but it, that may be too much, right? Um, Otter is a really good tool for this and having it do the transcriptions for you. And then count the words or go back and just look at the look at the interaction. Like you'll see a section, you'll see how long someone talks for just in the number of words that as it transcribes it, it's there. And uh, you, I can see sections as I'm going through and editing my transcriptions out every week. I can see the sections where I talked a lot. (laughs) And you're like, oh, okay, was that right? Should I have kept going? Should I have stopped? Should I have let them tell the story? I think a couple caveats in this. One, we need, I think in a lot of cases, we need to let them tell their stories, not us tell ours. Now, that's not always applicable. Like there are times when our stories are great and I interject a lot of my stories in. So I'm not, uh, you know, you just, I just think those are some things to think about. I think going back to the negative feedback conversation we had early, this is an area to to look at yourself and say, am I comfortable with what I'm doing? Like, is it the right amount for me in what I'm doing? You make that decision, right? Ultimately, it's your listeners who will make the decision on is it right or is it wrong. But I don't know if there's a perfect... You know, I don't know if there's a perfect formula in there, and I don't know if all I, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't say us bringing in our own examples. That's Dave. We make a living off that on this show. That's all we do, right? That's all we do is bringing bringing in our own examples. Yeah. It works here. Yep. On another interview show, does it work? I don't know. That's we have to let the audience decide.
0: What I do is because I'm trying to build a rapport with the the guest. And so they'll say something and I'll be like, oh man, I had that happen to me. I was in an airport once in New York walking yeah. along and there's my body. I couldn't believe it. Here's the thing though. I cut it out later. That's, that's yeah. my, I, I there you go. so many people think what I record, I must release. And I'm like, mm, nope, not really. And so that's, I do that a lot. Or there are many times when I will go, you know, there are things what we do and there's a thing and backstory, 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 backstory Question. And I like they needed the backstory, My, but the question actually doesn't need the backstory, but I wanted to give them the back. I, I will cut the backstory mm-hmm. out and just that's keep good. the question. So
1: that's that's actually a really good technique uh, to to for the conversation itself to include it, but pull it when you go to the edited content. Um, I like that. I like it a lot. Because
0: yeah, the other thing I've done a lot is a me too, where somebody will say you know, I love peanut butter and jelly and I go, Oh my God, me too. And I'm like, okay, they've already made the point. They like peanut butter and jelly. Me saying me too doesn't really, you know, cause the show I I'm reading this book and man, this guy asked a really good question. It's called make noise, a creator's guide to podcasting and great audio storytelling. Um, and it's also available on hoopla digital, which is like a free, um, what you call it? Audible, they have a lot of really, I, I listen to a lot of things on Hoopla, I actually bought it on Audible, I have actually have it in every format that it now exists, I have it on Kindle, um, but he said, when you're having a guest on, ask yourself, what is the one thing I can get from this guest that I can't get from anybody else? And I stopped where I was, hit, hold on, I need to save that clip, that's a really good point, because when you bring somebody on, I'm like, okay, what what makes this, because you got to know why am I bringing the person on? But I was like, that's a really good question. Like, what's the one thing they can talk about? Like, if I'm interviewing Jim Cullison, I can talk to you about Gallup polling or, or, you know. Strengths. Strengths, strengths, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, that's – I don't know that I ask that a lot. I usually know. Like, my last guest, she was coming on to talk about her Glow product and monetization and how people are using it. But I just wonder – it's kind of the opposite of – The let's ask everybody the same question. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's like, no, I brought this person on. What's the one question I wanna really make sure that I ask them? And I was like, That's that's a good point.
1: Yeah, you just don't know. You know, you don't know what's gonna hit. I think you gotta you gotta hope that the conversation that you're going into is gonna be the right thing. I I've had this experience and you probably have too, Dave, where you've done an interview and you're like, oh, my God, should I even release this? Like, Ah. oops, yikes. Right. And then you do. And everybody's like, that was the greatest thing ever. And you're like, really? You know, and, and I think that just speaks to sometimes we can't trust our own instincts with this and that. We got it. I mean, you can obsess about it, but at some point we got to just get it out there. If we don't, I guarantee no one will listen to it, (laughs) you know, so you'll get some feedback. Um, It's crazy how often that happens that. And have you ever had somebody go after a guest in your comments? Like, have you ever had a guest on and they come back? The the commenter goes after the guest as opposed to going after you. Have you ever had that happen? I've never had that happen. I don't think it happens very often just to be just to be really yeah. honest, I don't know. Maybe uh, we can throw it out to the chat room as well. Have you had somebody kind of give negative comments about your guest? I think the guests get um, a, you know, like a mulligan in in a podcast. I don't I don't know if people are as critical of the guest because it's the, they're going to hear them one time and then they're gone. Right. And so I just don't think people are as critical as the guests. I just haven't never gotten any feedback like, "Oh, that guest was terrible."
0: Well, it's one of the questions I saw out on Facebook from uh, Kathy Jamison. Um, said, I had my first really bad interview tonight. It was with a doctor and I thought I'd been really prepared as I read two of his books. However, the interview was a bit of a disaster. My guest interrupted me and his cell phone notifications beeping during the interviews. Then his kids came into the room and interrupted and we had to stop and restart several times. Right now I'm trying to decide if I want to try to edit the heck out of the interview or scrap it. Have you ever scrapped an interview? And if so, how did you tell the guest?
1: I'm scrapping the interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you just, I think you'd, you just do. I d- just rip the bandaid off on it. Don't go, Hey, this didn't really come together. And I don't think it puts you, this is where I would put it, yeah. you know, you flip it to them. I don't think it really puts you in the best light possible. I'd like to re-record it or whatever. Right. Um, I, I think you just tell them I have 15 episodes of, of stuff I recorded in London and it was kind of a trial. We were trying some things out. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to use it all mm. or most of it, to be honest. I'll have to figure out. You know, We're still kind of going through it. And that's going to be, I'm going to have to email some of them back and say, yeah, it didn't really work like we were hoping it would. And I don't want to, I'd rather not put something out that's that's not what we want. I, I just think you tell them.
0: Yeah. The other thing when I hear that is you have to kind of take some ownership of that. And say, okay, when we, you know, a little, uh, I think Jim used to have a sheet that you'd send to your guests to kind of like, hey, here's the deal. Have your microphone. Don't do this. Turn off your phone. You know, kind of let them know that like, look, this is this is serious. We're going to have fun. But, you know, I do take this serious and do everything you can to be prepared
1: in that whole nine yards. And, you know. Um, My favorite was The opposite. So I invited some guys, and I forget what was the company. Uh, it doesn't matter. I invited them to be on to kind of promote, promo their product. And they, all they heard was podcast. And I, it was apparent all that they had their, their opinion, their, uh, their preconceived notion of what a podcast was, was that you get really drunk and you record it. And we got there and the lead engineer was just leveled. Like he had been drinking since three and like it was, they were ready. They were greased and ready to go. And so we get on and I do the intro and and we get started. Unfortunately fortunately they're, their they're one of their sales guys was was had maybe just had a beer. And you could see in their eyes as we st- we get about ten minutes into this podcast, you can see the guy who came hammered all of a sudden realize, oh, this was a serious podcast. Like, oh, we're not we're not goofing around here. We're right. not, you know, two, two what is two bros and Brews and bros.
0: Yeah, two, two, <laughs> two beers and, or two bros and beers or, yeah.
1: Beers and bros. Yeah. And it was, um, it, it, you could, it was funny. I can see, I saw, he all of a sudden he kind of like, he kind of like sat up and was like, oh, and tries to pull it together. And he's like, oh, we're going to talk about serious engineering things. Okay, well, I, you know, I need to kind of pull it together. So, you know, you can have that side too, where maybe you, you your guest came not as prepared as you were hoping for or had a different impression of of what the podcast was going to be yeah that's well i always tell like i with um with the guests i just
0: talked about with i said if you want to get nerdy i go my audience can get pretty nerdy if you want to get into some of the details and things like that uh in the chat room here um i'm trying to figure out who this is because he said i was on his show and i'm like it says S7ETV, and I'm like, I, I can't figure that out. Can tell
1: from the picture, too.
0: Yeah, uh, I try to, help, try to help guests frame their stories to fit my show profile. That's great, and that's one of the keys. You have to let people know who they're talking to. That way, the entire show follows the hero's journey format and tells another story uh, from their thing. And the chat room is going crazy because I'm like, I go to unhide it, and I'm like, wait, where'd it, where'd it go? Holy cow. Um God,
1: doing a nice job this yeah, morning.
0: Uh Randy, I love this. It's really bad when you do a solo show and you have to scrap it because the <laughs> guests sucked.
1: That's <laughs> true. It's true. I don't know how I don't know how you guys, you solo guys do it. I, I have a ton of respect for solo podcasters. I just couldn't that's just not a way I like to do it. I kind of have to have a guest.
0: Yeah. Uh Kyle Bondo says if you do an interview show, you need two to three in the can to protect your production schedule. If one interview goes bad, you have a backup to do the. Yeah. The other thing is, and this guy talks about it in that book, is, you know, when you hear a Mark Marin interview and it's 25 minutes long, that's because the interview was 40 minutes long. And, and people go, man, everything on that show is good. Yeah. They cut out all the bad stuff.
1: <laughs> I was like, that's cool. Wouldn't it be great if Life had an editor? Like, every, you know, uh, you, could, you, could, you could, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. We don't use it on a podcast. You know, you're kind of like, yeah, you can edit. Now, uh, says the guy who I produce a hundred percent and i i edit very little but so, how much you know. prep do you do though we do a lot of prep. yeah
0: see that's i would yeah. say more prep we do, less editing
1: so we do quite a bit of prep. and hey by the way prep doesn't always have to necessarily be day you know five hours before the show you're reading all kinds of things you may know a subject or you may know a topic so well or you may be so versed in it that, that prep comes from experience. And so, you know, on, on my, on my Gallup podcasts, I mean, I talk about that stuff so much. It, it's, the, the prep is in the experience. So don't, don't feel like prep necessarily has to be reading newspapers for five hours or reading the web, right? For five hours. Yeah. But li- listen to me, I, I just aged myself there. Newspapers? Who <laughs> can read those anymore? Um you don't have to be sitting there uh, preparing that way. Uh, experience can be that. But if you're going to go into something you don't know about, yeah, you may need to read the two books. Let me, you know, you, you made that comment, Dave, about reading two books before interviewing the guest. Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes you can be overprepared for a guest and that it, it might be too much information? Yeah, there's a, a thing
0: where you have to be careful of the curse of knowledge because you you can easily kind of ask a question or get into a story that makes sense to you because you read the book and your audience is like, huh? So you have to be careful with that. The other thing I do is as I'm reading a book, like I said, I I stop and make notes because whatever question that just triggered, that's the question I want to ask. Because it's weird because part of a good interview is you want to be curious and you want to ask the questions. Well, the problem is after you read the book, you, you don't have the questions anymore because the book answered them. So I have to write down the questions as I'm reading stuff. And it's like, ooh, you know what? He just said, that, like on one point he said, he, he talks about interviews. He goes, you need to be curious. And he actually says in it that you maybe shouldn't read the book because he, he, he kind of talks out of both sides. He's like, you need to be prepared, but sometimes reading the book is not good because you lose your curiosity. And I'm like, well, which one is it? Do I want to be prepared, or do I want to read the book? And so that's where, to me, I'm like, I think what he means is, and that's why I do exactly what I do. I I write down the questions as I read the book, because after the book is over, I'm I'm not curious anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I I think you can. Um, we interviewed uh, somebody on the podcast review show, and they did a ton of stuff, and they fell into that kind of um curse of knowledge. Like they did, an, they did the. Uh, the introduction of the guest, like, be, I, there was so much that they could have picked from, and, and mm-hmm. they knew it and they didn't. I was like, Who is this person? And why are we talking about their laptop? Oh, because their laptop was hacked by the government. And I'm like, Okay, you never said that anywhere in your interview, but he knew it because he, you know, so stuff like that, their backstory sometimes, uh, you have to be careful. And, and uh, Eric K. Johnson, he goes, Yeah, that's the curse of knowledge. He goes, That mm-hmm. sometimes will come up and, and bite you in the butt.
1: Yeah, well, you can you can say you'll start saying things, assuming, well, everybody knows this right. and everybody doesn't know that, you know, very few. In fact, if you're if you're basing your knowledge on books, chances are very few people have actually read the books. I mean, a a really good author would will sell 10,000 copies of a book like that's a pretty good move for a lot of authors. That's not a lot of people, guys. So. You don't never assume like, well, in your your famous book, well, just because they have one doesn't mean they're famous. And two, chances are nobody's read it. So you've got to kind of bring that context forward. I I like, I would rather come in on the side and when we prepare for guests, I try not to know. I want to ask those curious questions, like you say. I want to. Dig in as they're saying things. I don't want to assume pieces as well, and and so it's a fine balance. Like you, I've come in underprepared for things for sure, and that was that was not as good. But but um, too much preparation may maybe um something to back off on. Yeah, smidge.
0: I can totally see both because I know Larry King is famous for not doing any prep. He wants to know <laughs> as much as his audience. Um, and then I I interviewed David Hooper about his book Big Podcast, and I'd read about half of it. And it was one of those where, as I finished reading it, I was like, "Oh, I wish I would have done the interview now. I have better questions than I did b- before." So do it again. Yeah, that's true. I can yep. always bring him back. No so.
1: sense. Yeah, well, we on Home Gadget Geeks. We bring back. We have a a, a set of reoccurring guests, and Aaron Lawrence or mm-hmm. Dwayne Robinson or you know uh, Paul Barron, who was just on. And they come on to once or twice a year and they just kind of keep rolling through. And they're always, you know, the, the reason I keep having them on is because they are continuing to learn and grow in their space. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with having repeat guests, especially if there's been a, a major life change or if there's been, you know, they have something new to talk about or, you know, any of those kinds of things. I, I think you can bring them back. I see a lot of interview shows that feel like they have to interview 500 people before they bring the really good ones back on again yeah and i'd say in some cases if they're a really good interviewer your audience knows that bring them back
0: yeah absolutely Well, you know who we always bring back is our awesome
1: subscribers our, our
0: awesome subscribers yeah let me uh we'll do that and uh we are talking about awesome people first of all i still have my teacher's pet spot open if you're looking for a one-on-one consulting it's at a deeply discounted thing. You can find this, and this is all at uh, askthepodcastcoach.com/slash awesome. But we always thank our awesome $20 supporters people like Greg at debtshepherd.com, uh Glenn the Geek Hebrew at horseradionetwork.com, uh, Josh Rivers at podcasting experiments.com, Max Trescott up in the air at aviationnewstalk.com, Shane at spyberry.com, and I can't say what it is but Shane has a absolutely kick-ass because of my podcast story in the works. Uh, That's going to be fun to talk about. Uh, Carrie Bond in the chat room at uh, keywestperspective.com slash podcast. That is a podcast about island life and the people who live it. Uh, Carl White at Life in the Carolinas podcast. So if you want to get your Carolinas on, there it is. And Kim Kragi at Toastmasters101.net. If you'd like to be a patron... Simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome and uh, join today. So thanks to all our patrons. And I can't find these. Didn't dots. quite have
1: your slides ready, did you, Dave? No,
0: I was like, oh, oops, somebody <laughs> forgot to hit from the last time. Oopsie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would have David Hooper on anytime, time, uh, mainly because he's just a great guy. He's a friend of mine. I've known that guy forever. There's a really old picture of me in a Cosby sweater, with black hair uh, when I went down in like 2006 to be on music business radio. And what was interesting is there's a band called mm, the vibes or them vibes. Uh, and the lead singer is none other than brother love. Does that name even ring a bell to you, Jim? No uh-uh. brother love was actually like the first podcast music star. Yeah. He, he had a, he was a very big fish in a very small pond. But at the time, there was um, the uh, – later became Music Alley, the Podsafe Music Network. I really wish somebody would come up with something like this where musicians could upload their music and just say, play it. You, you have my permission. Just play it. And all you had to do was say, this music is courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network, which I always thought was kind of a rip. I'm like, it should be. No, it's courtesy of the you know Podsafe Music Network and the artist or something like that. But you only had to uh, mention the Podsafe Music Network and if you know, again, this is like 2006, 2007, he had kind of a hit, like everybody knew Brother Love. And I think it, um, not podcast movement, but uh, podcast, what, yeah, whatever. Well, whatever the new media expo was at the time. Oh, um, he actually did like a small, media Meteor- world,
1: new media world? something like no, that. It doesn't, matter. It doesn't yeah, matter,
0: yeah, way out there in uh, Ontario, California. So it was cool. It was like, oh, Brother Love's playing. So, but uh, Brother Love, the thing I loved about Brother Love. And this, again, kind of goes back to the early days of podcasting, is you had personalities. Not so much everybody trying to be radio. And Brother Love, whose real name is Larry, uh, had you had Larry, who was actually a really nice guy. And then you had Brother Love, baby! We're, we're talking about asking the podcast coach every Saturday, 10.30, be there. Ha! You know, he was just... and And it was... He was just... And it wasn't really... He also
1: mysteriously sounds like James Brown. Yeah, Not sure why. Yeah,
0: but. but I I have a clip of him and he's like and he starts singing and rapping musicians cooler baby you know it's just going on no. um but and uh yeah, he was a uh, uh, again a personality. So, well, it's just
1: with with the really good guests, I think your audience falls in love with them too. Yeah. And it, for me, I didn't do that in the early days. I actually had a rotating of home gadget geeks. Mm. I kind of had a rotating set of guests. So you know, you'd come on about every eight weeks, and you know, slowly but surely, some of those guests were like, I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And I started having some on just I'd invite them on once and the audience would be like, whoa, that was great. Well, that then gets a check mark. like, OK, have him back. Yeah. And the other thing um, that I've been doing a lot of a uh, little, not a trick, but a little a technique is when they have a great show at the end of the show, say, hey, if I asked you back, would you come on? And nobody's going to say no at that point. <laughs> now, they could they could blow me off, you know, and, and reschedule, schedule, reschedule, whatever, but. Um, it's another way of kind of like, hey, thank you, and I'd love to have you back. And so, you know, I don't always get them back. Even some of them have said yes, and then I try, and then they just ignore me. But um, it, it's a good way of kind of cementing in that relationship to be. Hey, if I asked you to come back on, would you? And I think every six months or once a year is a good is a good frequency for the really good guests.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if it's one, well, number one, it's great content. Number two, it kind of furthers that relationship
1: that you have with that person. Yeah. And the audience that, likes it too. They want to hear it again. They like regularity. The reason they listen to you every week is because they like consistency. That's what audiences like. They they like listening to a show where they know what they're getting. If you surprise them every single week. That's that's generally not what people listen to. Now, surprise with content, yes. Surprise with format or surprise with style, no. Like Dave, if you all of a sudden started doing uh, a, a, a school of podcasting in your James Brown uh, voice that you just did, <laughs> like people would be like, I-, I can't do this every week. Like you can do it in a segment. <laughs> like you can do Pinky and the Wiz yeah. for a segment, but. I'm not sure you could do a Pinky in the Whiz segment every week. No. Just, uh, unless it was short.
0: It would have to or, be very short. Or funny. Or funny. That's the key. It's like just, you know, uh I, I'm not gonna do, you know, uh Wolfman Jack. You know, that that guy the interesting do you know Wolfman Jack at all? I mean he was before oh, yeah. both our times, but Oh yeah. This is a guy, yeah. you know, same thing, uh-huh. like Oh uh-huh. baby, you know. Yeah. And uh I couldn't do that. That would kill my voice after a while. So yeah, exactly. Randy says, My voice wouldn't hold up. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Binky is an exaggerated David Lee Roth. I think I've mentioned this before. <laughs> Who, by the way, is going on tour. No, uh, say yeah, it isn't so. No, it is. It's David Lee uh. Roth. He's doing a stint in Vegas as well. Oh, my and God. And what's interesting about that is, you know, when you do a live concert, it's on YouTube the next day. Mm-hmm. And number one, If he's, if his band is not singing with backing tracks, he has the best singers in the world on tour with him. And Dave doesn't really sing much. He just kind of struts and goes, "Uh eh, oh, unchained about every 10 minutes. And that's, that's it. That's it. Um, but so, David Lee mm-hmm. Roth is, yeah, you know, Cleveland Dude. is screaming. I can tell you true. And if you just take that and exaggerate it a little more, now you got Binky. And it's like, yeah, that kills my
1: Yeah, mind. but you couldn't do that every week. I like, could not do that every week. No. Well, you could. If, again, if it was a segment it was funny, you probably could. But if you did funny the whole the podcast case. that
0: way, no, that would get old. Yeah, and and know, the other thing was... I tried to do when I did the worst podcast ever, I did it as an angry man. I right? was the guy like, eh, what are you doing? the whole nine yards and I would eventually drop out of character. Yeah. I would eventually yeah, you can't sustain it. Yeah. I would forget yeah. that I'm not the, the grumpy old man or, or whatever. Uh, oh, we haven't talked about this yet. Um, if you're looking to be featured as either a podcast review or maybe even a featured interview in the podcast magazine, uh, please do reach out to me for, this was from somebody's name that I forgot. Uh, I know it's podcastmagazine.com. As a uh, as the category director of, for education, so as long as your podcast or the one you recommend comes under that classification, on some level, we can make it happen. Uh, Asterix, if it doesn't, I can still point you in the right direction or connect you to the right person. Please pass on any podcasters out there. So I believe it's just podcastmagazine.com. He said typing it in. Uh, this is something. This will be, yeah, it's free right now. If you want to check it out, uh, I'm not sure what it's going to be in the future, but you'll see when you go out there, you get lifetime access is the most comprehensive and fun publication available for people who love podcasts. Uh, and I'm actually going to be featured in one of the early editions. I got interviewed for that, but uh, nice. it, this it's going to be an online or not. So I'm sorry. It's going to be a physical like paper magazine. And I'll be in- uh, find it in
1: a doctor's office near you.
0: Yeah. I'll be interested to see if it does come out is an online version as well. Um, I think, I think this is the fourth one. It's either the third or the fourth. There was one called podcast magazine or podcaster maybe. Cause I remember Dan class was on the cover. Um, Gary Leland had pottertainment, which was an online uh, tool and I want to say there was one more that I can't remember, but this is uh, – I believe this is coming out – yeah, coming out in January, which is now. So I, they're, they're really close to it uh, coming out. So I went ahead and signed up to get my free copy. So I'm assuming they're going to email a PDF or something like that. But uh, it's uh, – I'll be interested to see because we kind of had a little news boom. I mean, we had James Cridland come out and kind of just take over because the guy's got such a reach and – such a, a worldview and that then inspired pod move like podcast movement has a newsletter um sky from inside podcasting and then um mm-hmm, there's still the guy from new york whose name is this uh, nick qua and uh podfest started a newsletter so we started off with like Two newsletters, Nick Qua and James Crittenden, and it ended with like six, and so now we're getting a magazine. I'm like, oh, plus, duh, podcast business journal. Hello, Dave, you write for it. You might want to mention that one as well. So I'll be interesting to see, you know, how this works uh, and in what format it does. And
1: I don't know. Well, the advertising has to work, right? In those, you yeah. gotta you gotta get enough advertisers to want to pay for spots, which means enough eyeballs. It's got to land in enough places. Where's it going to get distributed? Who's going to pick it up? If there's a, if there's a market for that. I haven't read a magazine in a hundred years. So like, I, I just don't run into magazines very often. Now, that being said, I do get some catalogs in the mail that I still look at, you know, they sit on the kitchen table and I, when I'm eating breakfast or dinner, I'll thumb through them, you know, and, and, and look through them. So it's not like all print media is dead. The The one thing is those look really good. Like. If you're going to do a magazine, <clears throat> that cover needs to be lights out. You got to give me a reason to open it and look inside of it and to and actually get to the content. So your your design is king on that on that front cover. You'd be surprised at how many people look at a cover and just based on what they see actually flip it open and that's 99% of the engagement is to get them to open it up. Well, it's a great picture, great headlines.
0: If you think about it, Cosmo has the best headlines ever. It's like How to make so and so blah blah feel like blah blah. And you're like, I want to feel like that. And
1: it's clickbait though, like most of it's clickbait. I want to be a
0: sex ninja. I'm like, you know, (laughs) whatever. Um, (laughs) because it's always stuff like that how to be a sex ninja in the bedroom. You're like, what's a sex ninja? But you know, they, it gets yes. people open it up. Cause I'm yes, like, yes, it,
1: it does. Now you're like, Hmm. Okay. This is, this yeah. is kind of, well, notice that one, uh, one of them had the word Tim Ferriss on it. Right. And that's just a hot yeah. Tim's name. It's just super hot right now. Everybody's, everybody's wanting to listen to Tim Ferriss.
0: Yeah. So it'll be, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the first episode or first uh, edition total podcast or what their first episode looks like so uh i see where somebody's asking about our gear yeah how am i getting yeah,
1: john john was asking how we're getting the audio through here my audio to sound as good as yours i think if you're listening on youtube It sounds as good because Dave's not actually hosting this audio. So Dave's audio, so on StreamYard, they've stood up a web instance of this broadcast, right? Dave's coming into it. I'm coming into it. It's broadcasting out. So the audio quality for both of us, I don't have to go to Dave, and then Dave's not broadcasting me. StreamYard is broadcasting me on YouTube right now. That's why it sounds so clear. It doesn't have to make another hop. I'm not dependent on Dave's gear, for you guys to hear me. That's the beauty of StreamYard. And that's the big difference on StreamYard than, say, using OBS to stream through to StreamYard, which I think is kind of a little crazy, just to be honest. But right. um, is that in StreamYard, the audio is that my audio signal is as good as it is for, you know, for me and that I've made it. I don't have to go through Dave to get there. So I think that's the beauty of StreamYard. Hey, if you're using OBS and you like it, continue to use it. I, I don't mean to offend you in that way. I just think that's for some shows that are using all that technology, I don't know if you need to use it anymore if you're using StreamYard for the most part.
0: Well, and the other thing is that I'm very blessed. <clears throat> Jim has an ATR 2100. It's not where I'm dealing with somebody. They go, oh, I was just going to use the microphone in my computer, you know, and he's got a pop screen and a yeah. uh, windscreen, that whole nine yards. So I've got it. You know, I have a a co-host, you know, in this case, if it was a guest who has decent audio. I I'm always amazed at... You know, when I, I – it's funny because I'll just show up. And even if I'm just using an ATR 2100 and somebody will go, oh, you sound so good. And I'm like, really? And they're like, no, you don't understand. I don't interview podcasters usually. And it's just – I still remember I interviewed somebody for my weight loss show because I thought I, – I, I'm running out of content. And I uh, interviewed a woman and she was in her – she travels around in an RV. She homeschools a whole nine yards. But she was in Arizona in an RV with the air conditioning on and wouldn't turn it off. And I thought, well, I'll just be able to noise reduce it. And it just sounded like a tin can by the time I was over with it. And that was the end of the interviews on that show. I was like, Nope, this is going to be a solo show. Cause I don't need that kind of, <laughs> kind of headache. So, you know, you got to do uh and I think that's half the, the battle of any kind of interview show. I, I think it's easy because everybody I talk to is a podcaster and they have a microphone. But when I get into the real world, and I see that oh, not everybody, you know, has this microphone. So uh, Randy says, "Can you use Streamyard to record shows without actually streaming them?" I believe so. I want to say there's a private option or something. Yes, like, there is. Or a yep. test. Yeah,
1: you can. No, when you go in and schedule this, instead of scheduling it to a destination, it says something like "record locally" or something like that. Where and it's not the right. That's not the right words, but it's something like that. I just did it the other day where we wanted to do a recording and they only keep it for seven days. So it's not out there forever, right. but you um, you can just click that button and it records on their servers. And this is why you can only keep it for seven days. That's storage and bandwidth on their end that yeah. that uh, some of you aren't paying for yet, but um, you you can record and not have it go to YouTube or Facebook or wherever.
0: I am uh, seeing because it's January and people starting podcast I'm seeing a lot of questions that sometimes I want to go, man, we we obsess over every little detail. Um, Ellen had asked a question in a Facebook group, how many days or weeks in advance should we create a trailer for our second season? And I just, I to me, I on one hand, I don't have an opinion, and I'm like, is there a wrong answer to that? As long as you put it out before, you know, on one hand, if you look at, I, I did notice, when some of the big shows came back uh, from from hiatus, they started pimping that about a month out, and then about two weeks in, you start to see it more and more. So, it kind of depends on how long you want to to build the buzz. So, I don't know, Jim. You got any thoughts on yeah, that?
1: There's no there's no magic answer on that, yeah. um, and, and it can depend. It can depend on your your listener season themselves. Like, when are they available? When are they looking for things? Um, I've even found like day of the week, I've been doing some testing on like when I communicate with listeners. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, when I do it Tuesday mornings, it's just so much better than any other part of the day, any other mm-hmm. part of the week. And so I think there can be that can be a day of the week. There can be a time of in the month. There can be a time of the year. And man, that's just the hard part about this. What should you do? Well, gosh, I don't know if there's a hard and fast answer of how long before Depends on your audience, depends where they're listening, depends how much they listen to you, yeah. depends on how much influence you have over them. Here's what I would say in all this. You, I don't know if you can, well, maybe you can, but I don't know if you can communicate too much. Like, if you're sending, if you make a trailer and you send one email to your to your audience, like, here it is, it's not enough. Yeah. They, they probably need to see it three or four times. You don't want that to be a daily event. Okay, okay. The, our friends at Podcast Movement are borderlining communicating too much. Like, I get Podcast Movement emails almost daily, it feels like. Now, that's not true, but it feels that way to me, right? They are constantly communicating with you. I'm not saying it is too much. I'm just saying they border a little bit. At least my opinion is borderline too much communication. But you definitely you don't want to I would actually prefer that in some cases than I would prefer no communication at right. all. Just to be honest, right? Just to just to be transparent on that. So you have to be careful. You don't want to turn them off, but you don't want to just do it one time and forget about it. Either. Yeah,
0: that's like the person that advertises on a podcast, and you know they do it once and go, "Well, I didn't get a whole lot of feedback. Or I didn't get any sales from that." Like you advertised once. So that's going to take more than that.
1: Right. So, right. Uh, several.
0: Jim, what's coming up on uh, the average
1: Yeah. We spent some time taking listener feedback in. We got some great emails in from our listeners. And so Mike and I this week just spent some, I haven't produced it yet. It's coming out soon, but Mike and I just spent some time catching up with the community. So you can catch it all over at the average
0: Nice. And as I mentioned, I will uh, be airing an interview. I did with, I want to say her name is Ariana, if I remember right, from, and I should get the website right, it's Glow, please be in my history, Glow.fm and in some ways, it's a glorified PayPal button that's pretty, uh, and then they have a whole other thing where if you want to have a private feed and sell, it's kind of a Patreon uh, competitor, so that's why I interviewed her, I was like, well this looks interesting plus I'm I'm still kind of keeping up with things on um, my book, more podcast money. I did get a, an answer. Maybe we'll talk about that in the post show. Like, why is this? Why do I have to wait till July to get my book? Because they changed their pricing. That was the other thing. Glow changed their pricing. Part of it is now free. So um, maybe we'll. I'll, I'll spill the beans on that. But uh, thanks, as always, to the chat room. Uh, you guys are great. We are here every Saturday. Jim, you got anything coming up that you're not going to be around? I think we're. <laughs>
1: February gets a little tight as the, the student program starts end of January. So back this week, and then it's going to get spotty, spotty through February. Yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah, no, same
0: here. I'm going to be in San Francisco. So we'll we'll keep you posted as things go along. But uh, stick around for some post show. And, of course, if you're an awesome subscriber, you get that post show. And, again, you can do that at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. So everybody stick around for some post show.